up, everybody? We're back. Alternate take, baby. And, uh, we brought you some good shit. We brought you a really good episode today, and I'm super excited about this one. Today on the podcast, we had the legendary Lincoln Kennedy on the show. And, uh, if you don't know who Lincoln Kennedy is, it's because you're dumb. So, you know, get smarter. Take some, take some, uh, what do you call it, Alpha Brain? We're not sponsored by Alpha Brain, but take some Alpha Brain and get smarter because you don't know who Lincoln Kennedy is. So there's that. But if you need to know who he is, I'm going to give you a little background. Lincoln Kennedy is a bad mother... Okay, I'm talking about his personality. Let me talk about his accolades first before I talk about how cool he is. First, okay, so he went to the University of Washington where he was a football player for the Huskies where he became a uh, college football Hall of Famer and a first-round pick in the NFL. He is known for playing for the Raiders from 1996 to 2003. Damn, it's a long-ass time. And he was, during that time, a three-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro, and uh, played in the Super Bowl for the Raiders. And, you know, that's, I mean, and he's a fucking bad motherfucker. That's the part I was going to get to. He, I, I was going to get to, like, his, his just his persona later. And he's a beast. And he got to come on the show and uh, share some of his memories with us. And, and it was great, man. Um, we talked a lot about uh, his early part of his career. We talked about his uh, his experience during the tuck rule game. I mean, who doesn't remember that fucked up game? And um, and what he's got going on now. He has a really cool cigar company and a bourbon company. And he's coming out with a book with the uh, Raiders beat writer, Paul Gutierrez. So that's great, man. And uh, it, it was just great to talk to him, dude. Um, you know, when, when when you're a kid, your sports teams mean mean everything to you. You know, what, what's that? Uh, there's a movie called Little Big League. Again, if you've never seen it, it's because you're dumb. Take some alpha brain. And um, there's, a, there's a line in it that the legendary Billy Haywood says. He's a fictional character, but we'll leave it at that. And Billy Haywood says, um, sports are for kids. Adults just fuck it up. And he, he doesn't say fuck it up. He, he said, like, mess it up or something. It's, it's a G-rated movie, I think, or PG. I don't know. But that's true. Um, adults do mess it up, man. I mean, they, they bring politics into it. Uh, it's all about money now. It's not about this. It's, it's agents. And when you're a kid, you don't give a shit about any of that, man. You just care about your heroes playing on your team and you and watching them every time they get to come on the tube. And it's it's special when they're on the television when you're a kid. When you're a kid, those are your idols. You know, I'm, I'm old now. So, uh, it's different. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm busy. I, I care about like fucking getting my laundry done on time and paying my taxes. Like, I, don't, I don't have time to care about sports the way I used to. Um, and then you just get older, man. Like, you know, it's, it's, I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to tell me about his heroes as a kid and, and it used to bug me because he used to say how much he loved Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey was his biggest hero. And he would talk about Steve Sachs and then all, the Dodgers infield, like Bill Russell and all these guys and, um, and then when we were kids, I just noticed that he never watched the Dodger games. And then I would bug me. I'm like, fake ass fan over here, motherfucker. I used to think he was like a fake fan, but you don't realize to get older, like, oh, he graduated. That's all it is. Like, you're supposed to be a huge fan when you're a kid, and you and it's great when you can continue into your adulthood if you're, if you're good like that. If you're a better man than me, it's good that you keep doing that. But there's nothing like being a fan when you're a kid. Is what I'm trying to say. It, those are your idols. You get an autograph. It, it changes your life. And and we did. You know, we'd go to the Raider games when we were kids, and we'd stay at the Hilton Hotel right there in Oakland across the street from the stadium. We'd get up super early and wait and wait up right there in the um, in the parking lot where they, they'd walk as a team together to the stadium for, like, uh, game day meetings. 
you know, they'll have their suits on and like it, it, it was, you know, it's like seeing gods. It really was, you know, and, and, and it, it was a special time for me. So that's why this episode was cool. Um, it, it'd be it'd be cool to have like a raider on today, but it'd be a little bit different. I wouldn't. It'd be more like a like what's up, dog? How you how you been, fool? What's up? You know, like that. It'll be like not even like as. But when it's someone from your childhood, it's a little bit different. You know, it's not like I was a. I don't. In my head, I'm fanboying the fuck out. You know, I keep it cool, but in my head, I'm freaking out. So that's kind of what it was. Uh, it was a super cool interview, man. He's a super humble guy. Uh, for sure, didn't have to do the interview. Just kind of definitely went out of his way. Uh, and to do it, and uh, you know, he doesn't know me. I, I don't know him, and and he still was gracious enough to to you know accept the invite. So, super cool guy. And I hope you guys get something from it when it comes to that. When it comes to shit like that, like you know, hope it reminds you of your childhood. And if you guys have any other guests, you guys think you want me to get on, you know, related to uh your favorite sports teams, then yeah, man, we'll we'll, we'll fucking try. Um, you know, that's that's the cool part about this podcast is uh I have no emotions anymore. You know, I'm 28, so like when I, when someone rejects me, don't even care. You know, it's just like whatever. Mm. So we can ask, and if they say no, then no big deal. You know, no hard feelings. It's just like, hey man, I'm still a fan, still admire you. No big deal. I get it. I'm a stranger for God's sakes. You should say no. You should say no to coming on this show. Not think about it. I'm a fucking stranger, yo. That's crazy of you to come on this show. But if they're gracious enough to say yes, then, uh, yeah, throw me out some recommendations and, and, uh, we can bring them on, man. There's a lot to talk about in the sports world, especially from the back then. So, um, that's it. I kind of just want to do like a little 10 minute intro here talking about, uh, how cool Lincoln Kennedy was and he is super cool, man. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I bring to you the great Lincoln Kennedy from the fucking Raiders, bitch. Fuck every other team. Mr. Kennedy, what's going on, sir? Nothing much, Danny. How about yourself, bud? Oh, nothing much, man. Just uh, joined my Sunday night. Good to see you. Good to be seen, man. Sorry to keep you waiting so long, but I just had to take care of some real quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, nothing to say sorry about, man. I'm just glad you're here. So, uh, <laughs> alternate take, we got the Raiders legend, Lincoln Kennedy, the three-time Pro Bowler, the two-time All-Pro, the stud from Washington, baby. We got Lincoln Kennedy in the show. <laughs> sir, it's good to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Danny. Oh, thanks, man. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I have a confession to make, though. I do have a lot of friends who are Washington State Cougars who are a little bit upset about this interview right now. So I just I thought I'd throw it out there. Right? Why? Now. Why? Why are they upset? They just don't have anybody out of Washington State that they can say has the accolades or did as much as I did. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly why they're pissed. I I was making up. I was actually starting shit. I was like interrogating. I was like, hey. Lincoln Kenny said you guys suck, and he said that. It's true guys, story. <laughs> yeah, I said that it's not an apple cup; it's a husky cup. I was talking shit for you, but uh, I know he didn't, but he didn't say that. <laughs> he's a good dude. But uh, I'm very happy to have you on the show. Uh, lifelong Raider fan. Um, I mean, I'm older now, so it's a little bit different. But as a kid, I mean, those are you know, these are your idols when you're a kid. These are the people you look up to, Certainly. and uh, you're definitely one of them. So uh, tell me from tell me the story from the beginning. How does what does the story begin with Lincoln Kennedy? Well, I mean, it's a long beginning of over 50 years. <laughs> um, to, to summarize it, you know, just um, the best way to start is that, you know, most people want to ask, when did I start playing football? I didn't start playing football until I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Um, I was raised in the arts. I was raised in music and, and stuff like that. I, I played the trumpet since the third grade. And that's how, actually how my high school coach discovered me. I was in the marching band and he told me I was coming out for football the next year. And that, that sort of <laughs> got bit by the jock bug. And that's that's how it happened. But. Um, you know, the thing is, is that it just, I've tried to 
throughout my life, though, though most people know me as a, a football player, tried to show that I'm, I'm a little bit more than that um, and not let football, my football career define me. It, it helped me, certainly got me out of the hood, uh, got me a college degree and more important, more importantly, was able to provide for my family due to it. So, but now that my career is passed, that career is passed, I'm doing other things. So I'm an entrepreneur, I own a couple of businesses, a couple of restaurants and a cigar company about to launch a new bourbon label in a little bit. And I've got a, so do radio and TV, as you know, with the Raiders. So just moving on. Wow. That's beautiful, man. In fact, we were just having a, I have my producer over here. I call him Jamie. Cause I don't know if you know the Joe Rogan podcast, but he's, he's my Jamie. He's my producer. He, okay. handles, cool. he handles all the technical difficulties around here, but we were just having cigars around here. We're like, dude, we got to buy looking Kenny cigars, man. This thing's like rad. <laughs> damn we'll, get, uh, we'll get some out to you, man. We'll definitely get you some. Oh, I'd love to. Um, tell me about your, I didn't know you had a bourbon company. That's awesome. Tell me about that. Well, it's, it's in its infancy stage. So, you know, and being in cigar business there, when I'm in my travels, people constantly ask me, what would I like to, you know, what they, what should they pair their cigar with? And cigars are like wines. They, you know, everybody's uh, different and every palate is different. I like a good bourbon, whiskey or scotch. Um, Hell yeah. Dark liquor guy. So that's what I generally do. So um, COVID kind of knocked uh, my cigar line back a little bit. So I decided to look into some new ventures and it's just, I haven't launched a bourbon company yet, but I've got some, I've got some brewers that I'm talking to. Uh, and pretty soon we're going to start experimenting and seeing what we like. So I definitely want to launch, launch my own alcohol line pretty soon. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, that's the coolest part about Ultimate Take, man. Every time we have someone on here that has some sort of cool business, we're like it's the first thing we do is buy all their shit. <laughs> friends about it and we're like we're worried well, sure. let you go. <laughs> oh man we're, we're happy to brag about league and kennedy um anyway so um i wanted to talk about your uh like you said your your college football career so you, what did you grow up in san diego specifically i did i grew up in san diego southeast san diego um um in skyline area and uh you know started playing football there um really didn't know much about football when i started playing it was awkward clumsy but as my high school coach said, I was I had some potential. Um, and then, you know, so I was able to get out of the hood by going to Washington. And people often ask me, you know, why Washington? Well, Seattle's a beautiful city. Washington yeah. is a beautiful campus. And um, I wanted to get out of California, but I didn't want to go too far. Uh, so my, my, first, my first inkling was to go to Michigan. I fell in love with Michigan when I took a trip. But I, that, that second class was just too far away. Um, and it was, it was so foreign and alien to me. I wanted to go somewhere close on the West Coast, so that's why I chose Washington and had an unbelievable career there. And what, what more? What more can I say? Did Charles ever give you a hard time about choosing uh, Washington over Michigan? Did you ever tell him that story? No, no, I told him the story, but I mean, to each his own. I mean, Charles can't really <laughs> say anything because he was from Ohio, so he, he, there are people asking why I didn't go to Ohio State. But you know, the, the thing is, is that uh, I crossed paths with a lot of guys. You know, I played against Tyrone Wheatley; he was one of my teammates and, uh, uh, with the Raiders, and, and we played against each other in Rose Bowl. So you know, Michigan and Washington have some long ties. But the good thing is, is that you know, I, I can't I can't argue with my career. It was the best that I could be. Uh, college football hall of famer everything else so you know I, I think i made the right choice and did well by myself i was going to mention that yeah college football hall of famer that was 2015 correct yeah, 2015 correct awesome man congratulations and then Thank uh, you. right after right after college you got drafted by the falcons i believe i did ninth ninth pick in the first round by the atlanta falcons um atlanta wasn't wasn't my cup of tea the running shoot wasn't wasn't you know good for my style of play so after three years and struggling three years, I didn't play a whole lot. I didn't like it there. I asked to be traded and I got traded to the Raiders. Thank God. Third, Thank God for that, man. Thank God for that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I agree too. <laughs> Raider Nation loved it, man. I'm telling you, like, 
I remember uh, my I'm only 28 years old. So my my memory, my memories of Raider Nation is, is still not as expanded or expansive as other people might have it. But my family is very deep in it. I mean, we're Mexican. So, of course, this is what we do. This is what we do, baby. Raiders and Fabuloso. That's what that's what we're about. And um, when we were kids, I remember my first game I went to was in 2000. I believe 2002 is a year after you guys went to the AFC championship and you guys played New England at home. Yeah. And I remember that game specifically because it was intense. Like we got, we got the, uh, we stood at the Hilton Hotel and we uh-huh. got, we got up super early that day to watch you guys walk to the stadium. Right. And I was just a kid, and I remember this because we were so pissed because we bought a black football mm-hmm. and a silver sharpie. Right. I told my brother, "Hey, make sure you bring the silver sharpie. Don't forget, I'm be pissed if you don't get fucking bring the silver sharpie." And he's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. And then we get down to the bottom. Everyone's walking by. You included. Everyone's walking by. And he forgot the Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. So he runs back up to the, he runs back up to the whole tower room. And then when the yeah. elevator opens up, it's Rich. It's uh, Rich Gannon, Tim Brown, yeah. and Jerry Rice. And he's standing oh, there wow. like an idiot staring at these three legends <laughs> with no Sharpie. I was like, dude, we never <laughs> let him. Yeah, we still talk shit to him. The guy's retarded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good kid. I love him. My favorite brother. But, um. Yeah, so those are my earliest memories, and and that game was insane. I mean, obviously the the, the what's called the signs everywhere, all over yeah. the game. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was a fumble. fumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, very intense. But uh, you are definitely a, a huge, in my memory, a huge leader vocally, specifically with the media, with everyone else for the Raiders. And I always, I always saw you as a very like a admirable person because you're well spoken. Um, was it like that behind the scenes as well? Was like, will you kind of like consider yourself as one of like the team motivators or captains during that time? Well, I mean, I, I've always believed that, that leaders aren't born, they're made. And when sure. men try to follow other men, it's good to lead by example, um, first and foremost. And then when you stand by your examples, and it's good to lead by words. The big thing is that when people have looked up to me and, you know, Tim Brown often pushed me in the center to get the team motivated and stuff like that. I was, I was oftentimes that rah-rah guy that could get, you know, bring the best out of people. But I told all my teammates, look, we're in this together. This is one family. This is one team. This is one nation. And we're going to go out there and we're going to party as one. We're going to, we're going to, have, we're going to beat people up. We had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun. When it came to the media, I was always one of those guys that, like I said, never wanted to be painted as an athlete. But more importantly, never, you know, never really wanted to stand by the, the stereotypes that athletes you know, can't talk, kind of football players, you know, done it. So when I got my opportunity to speak, um, I, I tried to use my, choose my words wisely, but sound you know, educated because I am educated. And again, uh, it, it, it was one of those things where you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Right. I highly respect that, man. That's kind of how this podcast has kind of been shaped, to be honest with you. It's really all over the place. It's like uh, yesterday we had a BMX legend. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mike Escamilla. We've had skateboarders and we had UFC guys. And nice. And I've always admired people that are kind of big do-it-alls. And I've always seen you as that. Um, I, I want to talk about John Gruden a little bit because I feel like mm-hmm. uh, his persona in the media, it's everyone knows John is Chucky. Hey, I just yeah. like everyone does the impression. Everyone knows Chucky, but behind the scenes, is he still like the same guy in the media, or is he just is he like a, you know what? No, no, Chucky was created. Chucky was created for media. Chucky was created. Chucky, when I played for him, there was a there was a game where they the the camera caught his little grimacing on the sideline, and they started to talk about it on, and it kind of caught caught a little fire, and that's the day that Chucky was born. So wow. what you see, the intensity that you see, even to this day, the Chuckyisms, if you will, the mannerisms that Chucky pursues on on the, on the sideline, are game day guys. He's he's not like that in real life. 
He's really down to earth, great guy to talk to, knows the game, you know, loves football, you know, and really is passionate about winning and being successful. That is all true. But that whole Chucky thing that you see on the sidelines, yeah, created for the camera. He knows that he's getting people. <laughs> no, he, he knows that he's getting people to follow him, and he's getting people to like him, and he, he wants to be different. He wants to be different, just like Raider Nation does. Raider right. Nation is different from everyone else. Why wouldn't our coach be different from everyone else? Right. And you know what? That's so true, man. Um, that's that's always been my appeal to my favorite teams growing up as a kid. I'm, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. It's because I saw Rudy yeah. on like five, and I just I, that's it. I was sold. Uh, <laughs> Raiders fan, and it's always like the the tradition, the jerseys, like the essence behind the team is always like the most important thing to me. Like, I don't even care if they win. It's just like that persona was the most beautiful thing and that was raider nation i mean it's always been legendary coaches shout out to tom flores Absolutely. you know, you know he's going to the hall of fame long overdue good job oh, coach long overdue long overdue for tom flores I mean, hell of a quarterback hell of a coach mm-hmm. and um that's always been the raiders mystique i mean I, I heard an interview with you where you said specifically we're, we're international and, and it's true it's true it's ridiculous yeah it really is and it's always been my thought that you know the raiders are one of the most iconic sports franchises in all the sports and there are very few of them that can have a worldwide sort of following. You know, when you talk about football, obviously you got the Dallas Cowboys, you got the Raiders, you got, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are more of a home, homegrown one, uh, American style, but you, they're starting to catch on. But you've got, you've got teams that are, you know, like Manchester United in, in soccer, and, you know, you've got the Yankees in baseball. You've got iconic teams scattered all around the world that have a worldwide following. The Raiders have always been there. And when we went over to London, you know, those three, four times, three times, whatever it was, um, there was a big following that came over. I remember the first year we went over to London. I swear there was probably about, my last count was close to about 2,500 fans that came from the States, Raider fans wow. that came to go to London. And they they tore it up. I mean, they were they were out there representing well in the streets of London. No people, you know, English didn't know what the hell hit them. So when we went <laughs> back, it was a little bit less and a little bit less, but because they've already had that experience. But the great thing about I appreciate about the nation, they travel well. So when this whole Vegas thing happened, a lot of people said, you're going to lose your, your fan base. I said, you might have a few fall off. But one thing that they're going to appreciate and respect is when they walk into Allegiant Stadium and it's our home, we're no longer a stepbrother. We're no longer, a, you know, we're on somebody, we're in somebody else's property. This is our place. And it'll be, the Raider Nation will be proud when they see it. Oh, I love that, man. I can't wait till they get to see it because, uh, yeah, that was the biggest thing. And when we were kids, we used to go to the games and see the A's shit. We're like, man, like, it's cool. Yeah. I like, I respect the A's and it's cool, but this is Raider Nation and we want to yeah. feel part of something. And the fact that they have their own stadium with, with the strip right down the street, yeah. it, it's just yeah. ridiculous, man. It's going to be beautiful when it's open to the public and everything. And, and you're right, man. They do. I mean, I went to a Chargers game last year. And I mean, this is honestly, this is probably for every Chargers game at the time. It was kind of, it's just, they're renting. So it's a little screwed up. Yeah. But it was 99.9% Raiders fans. And it was oh, yeah. the coolest experience I've ever seen. It was honestly awesome. Yeah. It was well, even when the Chargers were in San Diego and we used to play, and we used to get a great majority of Raider fans down there. And that's why the Charger fans hated us so much. Because <laughs> you would have a great you would have a great following from Los Angeles and Southern California that would want to go celebrate their team. So it was almost like another home game. It was like our ninth home game, uh, going to the Chargers. And then when they when they when they the Spanos family announced that they were going to move to Los Angeles, I remember this specifically because I was calling the game. The Raiders were playing in San Diego for um, and this was the last time they were going to play in San Diego. Uh, there were, as you mentioned, there were probably 95%. For every one Charger jersey I saw, it had to be 10 Raider jerseys. That's how, how bad it was. And StubHub was a lot like that, too, when they were in StubHub. So the Chargers are a mess. You know, maybe now that they've got a quarterback, they'll get their, they'll start winning a little bit of fan base back. But 
Yeah. That whole, that whole charger fan base is going to other teams uh, for the most part. Right. Yeah. No, 100% true. Um, I still want to uh, detail your, uh, your football career. Um, Specifically those three, I mean, those four or five years where you were just a complete dominant force in the NFL, everyone knew who you were. In fact, even like when we were kids and we did that, uh, we had, we had fucking a uh, Madden. We always yeah. draft first. We're like, we got to get a good line. We're going to have, we're going to have yes. a quarterback. Go get passes. <laughs> we have no one to protect them. This is bullshit. So um, you're always one of our guys who used to pick and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to think back, especially those times. It's even, it's a joke now that people will give Raiders fans like, it was a fumble. They'll still talk about that game. And it's, it's been yeah. so long. Um, do you have any specific memories about that game leading up to it or what or after the chaos after or anything like that? You know, it, well, I mean, it, it's, it's vivid. It's just the one thing that stands out about the tuck rule game is that when we, when we landed and um, we, we flew into Providence, Rhode Island uh, on Friday, uh, the, the weekend of the game. Uh, and it was crystal clear. And that's where we usually flew in and then drove up close to the, the stadium or the hotel just not too far from the stadium. Um, crystal clear. And then on Sunday, it started to snow. Now, the one thing that, that, that would stand out, and I'm, I'm writing a book, so I'll detail all of it um, about that, the story about it. But one thing that stood out about that day or that game was that that was the year, that was 9-11, uh, year of 9-11. Wow. And 9-11 uh, canceled, that weekend canceled our game against the Jets. It moved it back, okay? And the fact is, is that the last game of the season, we played the Jets in Oakland. The Jets beat us. They needed to beat us to get in the playoffs. Um, we dropped that game to them. Then we played them the following week in the first round of the playoffs, and we beat them. But we had to go to New England because we lost that game against the Jets. We were no longer we, – we, we lost, the, we lost the, 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 the advantage. That's why we had to go to New England. Now, when we got there, we thought we were a better team and we thought we were gonna, weren't going to have a problem with it, especially when we heard that Drew Bledsoe wasn't going to play and they were going to start Tom Brady. So all the things that just sort of went into motion the way that game ended, it was disheartening. It was disappointing. And, of course, that was the last time I ever played for John Gruder because he was traded uh, not too long after that. So right. a lot happened in you know, that game. And, I mean, you know the history. But the big thing that, that, that I would say details, it's an interesting scenario when you look at it, how – Two teams went in two completely different directions after that game. Yeah, the next year we did go to the Super Bowl. But after that, New England went on the great run that they went on for 20 years. And the Raiders have been struggling to find themselves for the last 20 years, uh, ever since I left the game. So um, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you look at the two scenarios and the way the, two, the paths of the two teams have gone since then. Oh, yeah, it's definitely unique. You think about that, I mean – I mean, Tom Brady's a goat. He'll definitely be that no matter what. But that that specific is what that specific incident is what started it all off right there. Yeah, and that's why I tell every time I see Tommy, you know, we started your career. <laughs> and, and you know, what's funny is that every time Charles sees him, because I've been around him, he's like, you know, it's a fumble. And Tom says, yeah, it's a fumble. But if, <laughs> what, what, can you, what can you do? He gave the ball back, so you know, it is. What yeah. It is. I, mean, I tell the ref, hey, hey, no, don't do that. Of course, he's on my side. This is beautiful. well. That's why. I walked home and never did a game after that. He was a referee that night. He never did a Raider game after that day. Wow. After that game, never did a Raider game again in the rest of his career. Imagine if that happened in today's age with social media. He'd be getting dead. Oh, exactly. Ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. Poor guy. There's a ref. I think, it, John, isn't there a ref that lives nearby our hood in La, in La Mirada? Tony Carrenti. Tony Carrenti lives like a. Like oh, a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. our neighborhood. 
Yeah, yeah. We saw like, hey, where's his house? Is he out in his front yard curling and lifting, getting those guns all ready? Because he, <laughs> he was always he was always the yoked up referee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's down the street from where we live, and we're like, we should go ding dong ditch him. Who knows? Like, just... <laughs> oh, he, he was a successful attorney too. I don't know if he's still practicing, but he he was an attorney. Yeah, I believe he's a do. I think he's a teacher or something too. Like, is he, he a teacher now? Professor. Yeah, he's a big do it all. I mean. Like yourself. You know, it's, funny that it's, it's, it's interesting that you guys mentioned that because they really do. The NFL does try to do as better job, a good job they can to keep the identity of the re- the referees and their location secret. They don't even know yeah. what games they do. They don't even know what games they're going to be doing until, you know, like 48 hours. And then they're sequestered. They're almost like on jewelry duty. The, the NFL picks them up, scoops them up, gives them their assignment. Then they put them in a hotel, keep them isolated from everybody. Security to them from the stadium. It's really crazy. Wow. Yeah. You know what? The only reason I actually know about that a little bit is because growing up as kids, we had a, a buddy at my high school. His dad was a, a referee for college football. And mm. uh, once I found that out, I stopped hanging out with my buddy. I just hung out with his dad. I was like, hey, man, what's up? Like, your, your dad home today or what? I was swinging by. He me, like, I want to know today. I like, bring me some shirts. It was cool. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Good dude. But uh, yeah, once your once your career was over, it's, it seemed like you went straight into sticking with the Raiders. Like I, at this point, you've been probably part of the Raiders organization for what? Close to. 25 years, somewhere on there? Well, yeah. I mean, started with 1996. And then when I uh, you know, went to the Raiders, I took a little bit of a break. Um, when I retired in 2003, I went straight into the media. I started working for the NFL Network for two years. And then I went into radio. Um, and I tried to make a little bit of a comeback in 2007, but that failed because I, I ended up doing playing a year of arena ball. And it was the worst mistake I could have made. I got through it and I was like, football's done. So I went back into the media um, and then started working in businesses. But I've been the Raiders uh, color commentator now for, what is this, seven years? Yeah, seven years. So wow. always been on the team, always been associated with the team in one way or the other. But now, as from a broadcast standpoint, uh, the color commentator for Raiders Radio Network um, and doing all their games, as well as um, analysts uh, you know, uh, for the Silver and Black Show and other you know things that, that, that were going on in Vegas, um, just – it's like a family. You couldn't leave it for too long. It had to come back. And that's and that's where I am now. And you know, it really is that way. It it was it was disheartening for a lot of fans to see uh to see Greg Papa leave. Yeah. You know, that's the voice of the Raiders. I mean, you hear oh, that. I know. You know, yeah. so when, when they were when you came in and Ressburger came, it definitely made everyone feel a lot better because we're like, all right. right, we're getting people that we we're comfortable with that. Uh, and, and it's not like that for other fan bases. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. Like if someone else got a new commentator, no one will give a shit. But if it's for the Raiders, we're like we care who's coming next. We, well, we you get to hear about the product. And then, you know, look, Greg Pop is one of the best. And then for all the time he was in the Bay Area and he's a good friend of mine, I wish that we could have continued that. But I understood why it happened and why it went down the way it did. And, you know, look, Greg's still good. He's, he is Mr. Bay Area Sports. And so he's right where he belongs. Uh, it's just unfortunate he's not doing it with the Raiders uh, for me because I love working with him. But, you know, we're just trying to carry on the torch. You know, Papa and Coach did that, did the broadcast for over 20 years. And then, um, you know, when I came into and made it part of that broadcast crew, I was very fortunate to be there. I learned a lot from Greg Popper, learned a lot from Coach uh, about how to carry myself and how to develop my voice. And then when the transition happened uh, for Vegas, you know, changes had to be made. And so that's uh, that's where we are now. But Brent and I are trying to carry it on. And I don't know how much longer Brent's going to do because he's uh, he's getting up there. But, you know, I'm 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 in it for a long run. So I feel as long as I've got a voice, I'm going to be on the broadcast. I love it, man. Raider Nation definitely loves that shit for sure. I mean, I I do. I mean, I, I want to watch the game and feel comfortable, man. I don't. I'm too old now, you know. I 
I don't, when I was a kid, you know, all the stats, you know, everyone's yeah. 40 time, you know, where they got drafted, you, you know, where they got their, where they got hooked up with their first check, you know, everything about every player. Yeah. And then you get old, you're just like, I don't, I just want to watch the game. I don't even know who's on the team anymore, but um, it's, it's comfortable to know that like I'm watching the game and this, this is the same guy that I used to watch when I was a kid. It really does have a huge element and, and Raider fans love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So going forward, uh, what do you think about the Raiders going forward? I mean, I know they had a, they had a pretty good damn season. Um, I know that there's there's still talks about Derek Carr, which I don't I don't even get it. I think he's a I think he's a hell of a quarterback. He's a star. I mean, he, he proves it almost every year with like with people getting hurt and new coaching changes, and he, the, the dude's fucking amazing. But uh, uh, what do you what's your outlook for the Raiders for the next season? Well, they got to get better on defense. That's the big thing. You know, they fell apart last year and they lost a couple games mainly by defense. COVID really affected them, but COVID affected every other team. But you can't make excuses like that. Coaching's got to get better on both sides of the ball, and, and the and players have got to get better. You know, you the Raiders are relying a lot on the youth, and there's nothing, there's no problem with that. But they also have to be in the right scheme. Jonathan Abram was out of position. He was, he's not, he's not a safety like that. He, he's a, he's a liability in coverage. Uh, he needs to be. He, he's tenacious on what he hits. But the Raiders knew what they were getting when they drafted him from Mississippi State. You've got a good run game. You've got a, in running backs. You've got receivers that need to develop. Henry Ruggs need to learn how to, you know working against press coverage. He needs to learn how to be better in space uh, in the National Football League. I mean, that's that's a learning lesson. And so relying so much on youth, I think the Raiders are going to be good going forward. Um, but it's just they've got to get most of them, most notably they've got to get better on defense. And they got to do they've got to get an impact player on defense. And I think they might do that in the draft. It'll be interesting to see where they go in the draft, but I'm hoping that they commit a lot to defense because they need a lot of help. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what people want to see too. I mean, uh, that's the Raiders. And when you really think about it, the Raiders mystique is hard nose defense, the, the control of the ball and the offensive line and the defensive line. And then the deep bombs. That's what, that's what people think about the Raiders. And they've always thought that, I mean, my favorite player as a kid was Bill Romanowski just cause he was crazy. I loved yeah. it. Psycho. Yeah. yeah true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have any Bill Romanowski stories we should know about? Well, I will tell you this. Uh, Romo was one of those guys that you love to play with but you hate to play against. Now I played when he was in Denver and San Francisco. And I, you know, the one standout story I will tell is that when, um, when Romo came over to the Raiders, um, was, it was after the tuck rule game. That's when we got him. I was walking with him out of practice and I pulled him over to the side and I, I looked at him and said, you know what, Romo? I said, you were a badass player. You always been a badass player. I respect the hell out of you. And now that you're a Raider, I go to war with you, but I didn't like you in other teams, but I will tell you this. If you, if you ever spat in my face like you did, JJ, JJ Stokes. Yeah. Every time I see you, I would fight you. <laughs> and he looked at me, he was like, he was like, no, Big Link, it's not like that. I said, no, no, I'm just, hey, I'm just telling you. I said, I said, if you ever did that, I would fight you every day I saw you. Every single time I saw you. I didn't care if you were walking with your family, I would fight you. Uh, since then, we've been good friends. You know, I got the hell of a lot of respect for Romo. Uh, he, too, is doing his media thing in, in the Bay Area, last I heard. So, yeah, a lot of respect for Romo. Just a, just a badass. Oh yeah, I mean, you talk about the early two thousands. I mean, it's it's mostly just that. I mean, you got your Rod Woodson's, your Charles Woodson. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good time to be a Raider fan. It's never a bad time to be a Raider fan. It really, <laughs> it really isn't. I mean, I remember even years like going in high school, my friends would make fun of me like, "You're a Raider fan?" I'm like, ah, who gives a shit? I'm like, yeah, but I get to wear this dope ass polo. I look, right. <laughs> but the tailgates are awesome. Like we got the best fan base. Like, come on, man, I'm having a good time even if we aren't winning. So, right. yeah, I'm excited for what the Raiders have going forward. And I think you're right; they do need some veteran leadership. I mean, I know. I know nothing about football. I know the normal amount, but 
you're right. And that's what Chucky is uh, calling is. He likes the veteran players. I mean, he did it when during your time. He, he targeted the veteran players, you know, bringing in Jerry and then bringing in all the Lake and bringing in Rich after his career. And and that's hopefully that goes that way going forward. We'll see. I mean, he, he's got a lot of work to do. I think that him and Mayock make a great team. They've done a great job so far, but they've got to get the right scheme, especially on the defensive side of the ball. they got a lot of guys who are playing positions and out of position or uh, schemes that they're not very familiar or very good with. That's not their strength. And so we'll see if these changes that they made to the defensive staff are going to help. I hope they do, because even our greatest times when Chucky was our quarterback, I'm not quarterback, our coach, uh, and our, you know, we had, we had great offenses. We had one year, we number one rushing offense from the other year, number one offense. I mean, we were always up there. Our defense was always middle of the road. Wasn't, wasn't shut down and you don't need to have the 85 bears out there. You just need to have a defense that can get some stops. This offense is capable, excuse me, now scoring some points, but they, they need some help on the other side. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I think it's going to get there. Honestly, it, I, I see the division. The division's very good, but, uh, yeah. You know, you, you can't go wrong with Gruden and Mayock, especially Mayock. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like I said, I'm a Notre Dame fan. So I see Mayock. He's the, he was the commentator for years. So I yeah. love that. I didn't even care if he was qualified. I was like, I want that guy to get a job. I was just talking <laughs> shit to all my friends, but I love it, man. Um, So I know you're writing a book. I, I had heard that before with you and Paul Gutierrez. I, I want to hear all yeah. that's awesome. Well, it's going to be, you know, it, if these walls could talk is, is the title of it. And it's just, you know, accounts and, 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 you know, memories of being Raiders and the guys I've played with and the things, what, what it's like to be a Raider, what it means to me to be a Raider. Um, we're almost finished it. We're almost finished. It should be going to the editor pretty soon. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be out by this fall, by the start of the season. Hell yeah. I mean, and that's the most beautiful way to put it out. I feel like uh, with the advancement of technology, sometimes things get watered down when they're too digital. It's, you don't really appreciate the art when it's right. given to you right away. I think when it's in a book mm -hmm. form, or like when a, when a badass record is on vinyl, you really appreciate yeah. that shit. And you really soak it in. You, you get a highlighter. You, you write down the parts, <laughs> all that good stuff. And I, and I think, well, I hope so. oh, and, I, and that's what it's going to be for, for damn sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to your company. I had no idea you're going to do bourbon. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new venture for me. But uh, at the same point, I'm, I'm just like my cigars. I'm tired of drinking everybody else's shit. So I'm going to make my own. <laughs> keep it, keep it around. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, dude, uh, I only have a limited amount of questions for you, but I'm just excited to have you on the show, man. Uh, I wanted to mention, like my buddy was saying, well, tell hey, uh, my buddy's a Washington state receiver. He's a coach now. Mm -hmm. And he was, uh, he's a coach at Nevada. Is he coach at Nevada now? He has a wide receivers coach at Nevada, I think, or like an assistant, okay. something like that, but he's a kook. So mm -hmm. he was like, well, tell that guy I've been on the field for the game. So if he's never been on the field, then we're not friends. And I don't know. He's like, you know, you know, how kooks are, they get very emotional. Hey, what? Never been on the field. What are you talking about? That's what I said. I was like, dude, this is Lincoln Kennedy. We're talking about. He's like, well, I'm a cougar. And you know, you know, they get, they're defensive. They lost the last eight apple cups. You know how they are, man. Stop. Stop hating. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Beautiful. Anyways. Hey, Link, I really appreciate you coming in, man. This has been a cool episode and I'm glad uh, we got to get you on the show, dude. It's, you know, I pride myself on this episode being like yourself, but we're well diverse and we have a bunch of shit on here. And, uh, you're a cool cat, man. I can't wait to buy your cigars and your bourbon, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'll make sure I get it out. I'll get the word out to you when we're, when we're back up on, online, all right? Beautiful. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Take care. All, all right. Man. Likewise. There it is. How cool is that, guys? Lincoln Kennedy, man. Dude, that, that was fun for me, dude. It really was fun for me. Uh, thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy for uh, for agreeing to come on the show. I mean, it, it was it was fucking awesome. I know my, uh, I know my, produ my producer over here, Jamie, was, was having a great time 
uh, listening to it. He's like a little fanboy over there. But it, it was fun, man. It really is cool. Hopefully, you guys got something out of it. And um, who knows, man? We might be getting more uh, more legends of the game on the podcast. That's that. That'll be really cool. Uh, I mean, like I said, whatever happens is whatever happens. But hope, that'd be cool if it kind of started a little trend here. Uh, we'll be having more. I know we're gonna have a cool guest on uh, next episode, who is a different sport, but basically the same thing. Um, and it's this is fun, man. It's been really fun. It's been very humbling to talk to people like that. I really do want to get more uh if it's sports related i do like the guys who have been around for a long time such as lincoln just because i mean their stories are just more decorated you know when you're when you're too close to the elephant you don't know it's a fucking elephant it just looks like a fucking big gray dick you don't know what it is but when you back away you can see it better you go oh okay that's and you can really detail your experiences if you're if you're too caught up in it like the sports stars today like they're they're still in it you don't have time to really elaborate on what's going on you you have to focus but when you're when you're done, you can reti- you're retired. You can look back and really explain yourself, which is which is what he's doing in his in his new book with Paul Gutierrez. I'm looking forward to that book, man. I'm definitely going to be buying that. And um, you know, hopefully we get more sports stars like that because it really is humbling to speak with them and hear what they have to say. Anyways, uh, this has been another episode of Alternate Take. Uh, I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys tuned in, man. Um. Side note, we've been having a lot of small businesses and stuff like that on the podcast, especially on like the Instagram that we have at Alternate Take DM. And um, if you guys can support any of them, you know, a lot of them are nonprofits. A lot of them are just small businesses. You know, um, you know, if you have the extra cash, and a lot of it's not just like it's cool shit. A lot of it's like some of it's clothes. You know, stuff that'll make you look sharp, get you babes, or if you're get if you're a lady, get you men. Whatever the fuck you, whatever you're into, it'll get you. Um, and uh, if you guys can just go check those out, that'd be pretty cool, man. There's a bunch of them. But if you guys feel like donating some of these nonprofits or whatever, then go ahead and check them out. Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it, man. This was really fun. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. This song is dedicated. Dedicated to the motherfucking Raider family. Where my Raider the Raider Nation. All my Raiders at. The Black Hole. The Old Town Raiders. All my Raiders at. I'm an Old Town Raider. Tim Brown, slow pain, touchdown, full stop for the black hole, LA Coliseum. Shoot it back to the Oakland Coliseum. Welcome to the house, the house of pain. Lil Al Davis, that's my middle name. I pack a pistol, like Fred in the car. In the hood, I got drama with a cop from the AFC West. Yeah, we the best. Raider Shield tattooed on my chest. We do the womp womp. From city to city, we do the womp womp. All the way to Kansas City, I hate the Chargers and the Broncos. Buck them down, buck them down, that's how it goes. Back in my hood and I'm all rated up. Throwing up my click, cause I don't give a hug. From city to city, do the straight 51 fit. We do the this is gangsta on mine. We do the I'm a Raider for life. We do the from city to city, do the straight 51 fit. We do the this is gangsta on mine. So sick, put it down like a raider, robbing and killing. Oh, Tim Rats, straight dope, dealing, dropping bombs like slug 
to your cranium. 16 from the head, straight aiming up. I'm going deep, deep. Down the sidelines, I'm going deep. Throwing up my gang signs, fourth quarter getting late. Your life's at stake. I want more. I'm little demon the great. We do the walk, walk, city, city. Do the walk, walk, straight 51.